Y'all, I have not mentioned this on the show yet. I have not the opportunity to mention it, honestly, but I am nominated for my first award for this podcast. And it's actually me who was nominated, which is like a very big deal to me. It means a lot to me. I'm nominated for Best Indie Podcast Host by the Podcast Academy. So the Podcast Academy hosts an award show every year for podcasts called The Ambies. This year it is in Los Angeles. I will be attending the Ambies where I will find out whether or not I won the award. And even if I don't win, that's okay. But obviously I would love to win if you are a voting member of the Podcast Academy because only voting members of the Podcast Academy can vote in the Ambie Awards. Please, I would love your consideration. Take a listen, take a gander. I hope you enjoy the content. hope you enjoy the podcast. I hope you enjoy me. And I hope you're down to vote for me for Best Indie Podcast Host. Now let's get into the show. Welcome to Black People Love Paramore, a podcast to try to help Black people feel seen. Please feel free to donate to the show at the link in the show notes and rate us and write us a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Five stars only because we are five star bitches. Word to Yo Gotti. I'm your host, Sequoia. And I know you see the title today. I know you see it. But before we get to that, I have a housekeeping thing I want to mention. I have officially launched the Patreon, y'all, okay? Gone on over to patreon.com backslash Black People Love Paramore, and you will find exclusive content. You will find some goodies. You'll find access to the Discord, the community that we'll be chatting in. You will find um, an opportunity to be on the show. You'll find a lot of stuff over at Patreon. So go check that out. Let me know your thoughts. Now that that's out of the way, guess what? You don't even have to guess because I know that you know, because I know that you saw the title. And yes, that is real. I interviewed Haley Williams. Haley Williams, that Haley Williams, not any Haley Williams, not just a lady named Haley Williams, that Haley Williams for this podcast, y'all. I am so grateful and excited for y'all to hear it. First of all, I couldn't have gotten here without y'all. Thank you for listening. You made this possible. Now I'm going to shut up. I'm just going to let y'all hear it. Check out the interview with me and Haley for Black People Love Paramore. So the premise of this podcast is helping Black people feel seen. So we talk about different topics, niches, and ideas that large groups of Black people like that mainstream media doesn't necessarily associate with Black people yeah. like Paramore, of course, of course. Of course. So I am so excited. If you're not watching this, you'll recognize the voice to have the Haley Williams joining <laughs> me today. It's me. It's me a day after a show with a very low growl. <laughs> I, I mean, you never know. The voice sounds pristine per Thank usual. You. Yeah, 100%. Thank you. So I'm going to ask you a few questions. Okay. We'll just jump into it if that's cool with you. I'm I'm so excited. I'm ready. Okay, cool. And if I'm looking down at my notes, it's just because oh, you're I'm not good. Super professional. With no, this, you so. are pro. That Thank is you. what I would be doing. Thank you so much. Okay, when did you realize that you and Paramore at large had a large black fan base? I would say it started to change with the self-titled album. Mm -hmm. So that was like 2013 when that record came out, and that was also the first album that Taylor and I started writing everything kind of as a duo. Um, we had, you know, like Paramore fans that grew up with us will remember we lost 
you know, Zach and Josh mm -hmm. at that point. Zach ultimately came back to the band six years later. But for this record, it was just Taylor and I. And Taylor and I grew up, I think, out of everyone in the band, we grew up listening to just generally more music that that was groovier. Um, and that's not really excluding Zach, because Zach was a drummer, so he was always kind of magnetized towards groove and mm. stuff. But as far as being primary songwriters, it was like the focus kind of tilted. And it wasn't so much about trying to stick into one particular style of music. It was like, how do we push the margins of this a little bit and also infuse what we really enjoy, which was like kind of dancing and bobbing our heads in this way. Like songs like That's What You Get, How to Groove to Them and, and other songs that are on prior records. So self-titled had more of that. Like Ain't It Fun was part of it. I'm like a really big fan of like New Jack Swing type beats. Mm -hmm. And so anytime Taylor will give me something swingy mm -hmm. it sort of sends my writing brain into this other space mm -hmm. and and then of course we asked um a local gospel choir from here in la to come and sing on it and that was my first time since living in mississippi being able to be in the room with a bunch of black singers like people who just that is there every single day yeah harmonies you know like technique all of it and it, i just was geeking out so much i feel like something in us really came alive on that record that we hadn't gotten to previously show. And I feel like that also attracted people who either weren't into the band before mm -hmm. or maybe didn't really feel like they had a place at our shows, you know? Yep. So from then on, you know, after Laughter, we talked about it all the time during that record because we spent a lot of time focusing on the talking heads. And the talking heads have stopped making sense, this concert film. And when you look out at their crowd, it's so diverse and I would just like tear up watching it. And by the end of After Laughter, I felt like our crowds looked like that. Yep. And I was like, this is it. We're I I, like, I'm living out a fantasy. This is crazy. And it just keeps growing and it keeps expanding. So I, I'm really, I'm so thankful, man, too. It's just, there's such a huge part of me that grew up on black music. Mm -hmm. So to be able to share something that's that's almost like you can't really even put it into words with the fans that do come to the shows that also feel that and see that right. is so special to me. Right. You touched on this a little bit, but just to give the opportunity for you to expand if you would like to. Sure. I know you grew up in Mississippi. Mm -hmm. That lets me know that you probably had some proximity to black church folks yes. and gospel music. Yes. How has that impacted your music in particular? The grooviness, like you mentioned before? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, I think, too, never separating how much uh, music is a soul experience, yeah. you know, like to really understand music, you know, growing up and, and kind of, of course, I went to a church that was like a, a Southern Baptist church when I was a kid, and it was very, just, um, the music just would put me to sleep, you know, like, <laughs> oh, no. I mean, just truly. <laughs> And, but my grandfather, my granddad was really, he, he loved Motown and he loved gospel. So I feel like I got a nice education at home from that. And then there was a certain age where I started singing with a friend and we went around to some different churches in town and we, we sang at a couple churches that were, that were predominantly, if not entirely black. And I felt, um, again, it's not really something that I, I think is, um, it's not even worthy of words. It was just like a feeling of, oh man, I don't have to. I don't have to temper my feelings. Mm -hmm. I don't have to, you know, stand perfectly still and sing some of this stuff. Even if you sing about God or whatever, it's it's a soul experience. Right. And so um, that that was my upbringing with with gospel, and and I do think that also it just gave me such a love for singers and like Whitney when she says like 
I rarely listen to people who cannot sing. Yes, you know, very much. That. I I feel like I got such a cool education growing up on like great singers. I love that you singing at a predominantly black church or just like around <laughs> it tracks so hard. Oh my that god! Is, if yeah. that could have just been, you know, if that was my life's trajectory, I think I'd have been fine with that. I love that, right? You know? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, because it oh, it's such an explosion of feelings and yeah. connection too. It's really special. Yeah, and I noticed you move around a lot on stage, so yeah. that definitely makes sense. How like, can you stand still? Yeah. I mean, even some of my favorite singers, like I mean, I I just re I'm thinking about Whitney a ton right now because. I just finally watched the I Want to Dance with Somebody film. Mm -hmm. And um, and I felt like she did a really good job kind of encapsulating some of those performances. I don't know everything that went into that film, so I'm a little bit ignorant. But I was thinking about how many moments in Whitney's career that were so explosive vocally, but she was standing kind of still. So still. Like, how do you do it? How are you doing it? I, d I mean, that's power, because I can't. Absolutely. I, I can't do Can't that. relate. No, no I, I definitely won't be moving, relate. truly. But I mean, I can't sing at all, so of course I can't relate. <laughs> um, bring your forward to today. Okay. Have any black musicians had you in a chokehold lately in particular? <laughs> Actually, two days ago, I discovered, is it Flyana Boss? That sounds right. I don't know how to pronounce it, but I do okay. know the, the duo think... that you're speaking about. Obsessed. Uh -huh. They're obsessed great. Obsessed with them. Yes. And um, and also, um, I recently heard some Thundercat demos <gasps> yes. um, that I'm really excited about that are going to, I'm sure, going to be on an upcoming project. So, yeah. yeah. I mean, I just, I fly on a boss, though, if that's how you say it, mm -hmm. really surprised me because I don't get on social media that much, mm -hmm. but I had to download Instagram recently to delete my Finsta. <laughs> 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 I no. had to get rid of it and for some reason while I was on it and whatever I was on mm -hmm. one of their like viral videos where they're running yep. came on I was like who the fuck is this group and so good I'm so I'm really excited to kind of catch on to them they're magical they do. yeah I like I love watching their running videos yeah it's very the fun. style too the whole thing they yeah. just have the whole thing yeah I gotta find I gotta track them down certainly I mean now that's a good segue too. Okay. Is there one black music artist that you would love to collab with? Oh, okay. Well, it's been SZA for a long time. Okay, okay. Because I love her voice and I just feel like, I, but also, oh man, there's too many to be honest with you. Because I, I was saying recently to someone, because we grew up in the scene that we grow, grew up in, I rarely get asked to do features for things that I feel like really get down to my core yeah so i'm still like keeping my eye out for whether that be new artists mm -hmm. or you know maybe it's older established artists but probably people who do groovier shit like yeah some, something that i can sink down into a little bit instead of having to just be i guess the misery business version of myself that i'm Fair. sure a lot of people <laughs> that's what they probably want when they want the feature but um Anyway, yeah, SZA has for about six years now been the one, and I'm, you know, I'm sending, I'm sending the text weekly at this point. I love it. <laughs> no, I love that. I saw your cover of Drew Barrymore. Oh, thanks. And it's fantastic, <laughs> of you. course. God. What's your favorite SZA song? Oh, um, Garden, I think. Okay. Yeah, I think Garden's my favorite song by mm -hmm. SZA. But, you know, also... All of her records just kind of, like there are records you can put on and uh, th no skips for Definitely, me. Definitely straight through. Yeah. Yeah. Consistent. Mm -hmm. I like that about her as well. Back for another game. You know it. What's going on? Just one more week till Max Fun Drive. <laughs> Hard to believe. It's been a heck of a year since the last one. 
We're now a worker-owned co-op. We raised $50,000 for charity last year. And we've added a bunch of awesome new shows. But do you think we're ready to do it again? Absolutely. Lovely new gifts are lined up. The episodes will be amazing. And wait till everyone hears the bonus content. Yeah, plus they know to go to MaximumFun.org newsletter, so they're getting all the news. Oh, like that meetup day is on Thursday, March 21st. Then what's bothering you? Me? Oh, nothing. We're all set for Max Fun Drive to start on Monday, March 18th. I just didn't want you to see this coming. Check. What? Hang on! Most of the plants humans eat are technically grass. Most of the asphalt we drive on is almost a liquid. The formula of WD-40 is San Diego's greatest secret. Zippers were invented by a Swedish immigrant love story. On the podcast Secretly Incredibly Fascinating, we explore this type of amazing stuff. Stuff about ordinary topics like cabbage and batteries and socks. Topics you'd never expect to be the title of the podcast. Secretly Incredibly Fascinating. Find us by searching for the word secretly in your podcast app. And at MaximumFun.org. You've mentioned you love Lil Wayne when you were growing up. <laughs> yes. What's your favorite Lil Wayne song? Okay, well, my so my intro to hip hop mm-hmm. as a kid was like Cash Money. Uh-huh. So and a lot a of just like intro. you know what I mean? Yeah. And like Southern hip hop. And that just time period was so cool. I yeah. mean, I feel like I got lucky with what I was introduced to. So it's not even just so much Lil Wayne, but it's like Hot Boys. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And like his verse on like number one stunna and number one stunna was probably my favorite song I when it. I played basketball. I love this. I love yes. This. So but but it's crazy too because Lil Wayne was so young and I was like a kid from Mississippi that yeah. knew in the back of my head I wanted to do music someday. Mm-hmm. I was like, well, he's tiny and he's doing this shit. It so was. Yeah. It's gotta be possible. Definitely. So even though I knew that was not gonna <laughs> look like my career at all, it gave me some sense of hope. I feel like that's why I probably have brought him up before. Yeah. But anyway, yeah, number one stunner though. I mean, again, I know it's not a little Wayne song, but the feature. It is to me. So, (laughs) yes, absolutely. (laughs) I I feel that as well. You've previously said you first dyed your hair orange because you wanted to be an anime version of yourself. Oh, yes. Do you have a favorite anime? Oh, Do I have a favorite anime? Well, I've watched a lot of Dragon Slayer. Okay. As of late. And I don't even know if like people who are really into like do people call that anime? I don't know. I I don't watch anime at all. Okay. So So, well that makes me feel and I would believe you. So go for it. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like I'm anime light. But when I was like right before I dyed my hair and Riot came out, we had just gone to Japan too. So I also have this there was this huge influx of like Japanese culture and you know, Harajuku street style. All that shit, Fruits Magazine, yep. that kind of, that was like, it like flooded my everything, my whole life. Mm-hmm. So anything that touched Japanese culture, I was like, well, why don't we express ourselves like that here? Like, yeah. Why don't I feel comfortable just walking down the street, wearing whatever I want with my hair, however? So I tried to start infusing that into my life, right? that courage. right? And it really set me up for a good time. Listen, that <laughs> yes. courage, that courage did what it needed to do, certainly. <laughs> As a white woman who makes alternative rock music, yes. what has been the process for getting comfortable coming on a podcast like this and discussing matters of race? Because I'm sure it can't be super easy. Oh, man. Well, I will say one of the best 
gifts for me that was actually during the pandemic was that we weren't on tour mm -hmm. and that all of the news, whether it was George Floyd's murder, whether it was marching in the street with like local community, I got to experience that not as a singer of a band, but mm -hmm. as like a person from Nashville, a member of my own community. Right. And I think that that was also my first adult experience living in my hometown by myself in my own house. Right. Kind of, you know, trying to learn and relearn and unlearn all these things at the same time. And I'm so grateful that, I mean, the band still existed and all of that stuff. And there's that lens that I'm sure is permanent for me, but I really, I didn't have that stuff to fall back on to like make me make it a little bit more cushioned, you know? And so I I had a lot of uncomfortable moments during that time mm -hmm. that were very insular. And then I, I got so angry about everything. I mean, I, you know, anything that you see on the news is, is pretty much inflammatory, especially when it comes to race, Absolutely. especially if you're living in the South. And so came out of that season knowing that whatever we do next as a band, I'm just not willing to not speak about certain things. Yep. It's not really worth it to have the platform to be given the opportunities to like have the the outreach the connections or whatever if we're not using it for something so but the the other side of that is i really think that it would have made me nervous to just feel like oh i can go and talk about what i can go and do a podcast called black people of paramore and i can go and talk about black culture and what when i'm not black i, I think I've always been really, really sensitive to the fact that I'm not trying to, you know, rise up and look like some sort of, you know, I'm not, I'm not trying to make a show of it. And yeah. that's, that's the line that I think is important to be aware of because I want to, you know, it's fun for me to talk about a part of my life that's so personal to me and yeah. that has made its way into every part of my career, my friendships, all of it but trying to be responsible with it and not abuse that as well is important to me. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, I appreciate These that. are really interesting and nice questions Aww. to answer. It's really cool to talk about culture in this way, which does not happen in very many Paramore interviews. Oh, I'm so happy that I'm able to give it. you this opportunity to talk openly about <sighs> something I'm sure you don't have a ton no. of time talking about. It's, this is, it's truly great, it's yeah. thank you. Thank Thanks you. This. Thank you so much. Yeah. I appreciate it. Yeah. That was it, y'all. That was it. That was my interview with Haley Williams from Paramore, the namesake of this here podcast. I just want to take a second to say thank you so much to the Frequency team over at Spotify. They facilitated this and they are the reason that I was able to interview Haley. I am so grateful. Thank you, y'all. Secondly, please go check out the Patreon. It's new. You can find it in the show notes or you can go to patreon.com slash black people love Paramore. You'll find it there. Um, yeah, I think that's really all I had. You can find me usually, as usual, all over social media at BPLPpod or you can email me at blackpeopleloveparamore at gmail.com. That's it. See y'all next week. Bye.